0: Okay, we're learning Daffa uh, Yates, and we're starting four lines from four lines down from the top of the Yamad. So, just to recap what we did yesterday, um, we were talking about another Tar who became who becomes Tameh, and then Halacha is we're That all the first days which he counted, he loses, he has to go back to day one. So, the question is, at what point in his purification process does he go back to restart the count? So, we actually had four opinions that it's actually on the seventh day as soon as he's done with the with the Hazah, the, 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 the and the Tefillah, and the Mikvah, so then he's able to recount, restart the count, even though it's the seventh day. According to Rebbe, it's only when the eighth day starts, but before the Karbonah. So according to the Rabbonon, it's on the eighth day, after the khatas is brought. Remember, he brings three Karbonahs, a khatas, an Ola, and an Ashram. So after the khatas is brought, Baruka, it's after both the khatas and the Ashram are brought. Everybody agrees, though, that you don't need the Ola to, to be brought. Uh, the carbon ola. Rabbi Shmuel said the pasuk excluded that by saying, but on that day, it uh, was saying, even though the ola wasn't brought, and basically everybody else said to him, you don't need a pasuk to exclude the carbon ola because an ola is just a doron, it's just like a gift to Hashem, it's not really part of the kapara process. So therefore, of course, it's not, it's, not, it's not necessary for him to restart the count, but he held evidently that no, the Ola is part of the purification process and therefore you didn't need the pasuk to say that the Ola is not Ma'akiv and then you could restart the count without it. So now essentially what emerges is that one of the variables in the and the tanam is what is the nature of the Ola that the Nazir Tami brings? Is it just a Doron? Is it just a, a gift to Hashem together with the other khatas and ashram that are atoning? Or is the Ola also part of the atonement process? So the Gemara says, who taught the following price, uh, a woman became an Nazira, and then she did the wrong thing, and she was, she, she got tameh from a dead body, so she already set aside her Karbanos, because so she, she's in Nazira, that's what she is. She, a woman can be in an Nazira, and when she becomes tameh. she sets aside the Karbanos. Two birds, one to be a Chathos, one to be an Ola, and she sets aside a lamb for her Asha. Um, and then afterwards, her husband, is uh, uh, just revokes the whole nether. Remember, we learned about that. The husband could just do that. Naziris is a nether. So the husband removed it. So at this point, she's not going to bring her cup on us. Why? Because at this point, now that the Naziris is gone, she has no obligation to, for, for the future to, to atone for, for it because she's not in Azira. So what happens to the carbonos which have already been designated? So in regard to the bird chatos, the chatos that she actually brings, we'll have to understand that a little bit better, but she doesn't bring the bird Ola. So, so what's the idea that we're saying? If you don't need atonement, let's just say, for example, like you know, a regular scenario, Let's say a person made a mistake and thought they, you know, they sinned, so they designated carbon chatas. Then it turns out that they didn't sin. You obviously don't bring the carbon. These chiyuvim obligatory carbonos, can only be brought if there's an obligation. If you realize there's a mistake, you can't bring the carbonos. So here we're saying an interesting thing that um, that she does not bring the olasa sa'of. It's like it's like a mistake. Chata will see. There's a unique thing about Chata Soof, why it's still broad. It's an, it's an exception. But in terms of the Ola, it says she doesn't bring the Ola. It's like, there's an, it's like there's a mistake which was made that she has no need to bring it. But the question is why? An Ola can be a regular donated um, offering that's just a, a, a gift to Hashem. An Ola can be a Doron. A person can donate an Ola. So why is it that she, if she consecrates a carbon to be the Ola that she needs for her Tumah, then when it turns out that she's not in zero, she doesn't bring the Ola? Why not? After all is said and done, if the Ola, which is brought even when she is to me, as a regular gift to Hashem, then nothing should stop her from offering that gift, even if she's not in Nazir anymore. After all, it's already consecrated, right? It's already here. It's already been designated. So why are we saying that she does not bring the karbon? It must be that whoever is talking here in the bride holds that the ola that the, the Nazir brings is not a regular gift to Hashem. The ola that the, that the Nazir brings is actually part of the kaphara process. And therefore, since it's part of the kapara process, it's not going to be brought if she's not in Azira. So the Gemara therefore clarifies. clarifies. Rabbi Chizbari, Rabbi we're going like Rabbi Shmuel. He held that the Ola was part of the was part of the actual Kapara process for the Tumah. and that's why I remember yesterday he brought a pasuk to say by Yoma who says even if the Ola hasn't been brought, all the other Tanum jumped on him and said you don't need a pasuk to say even though you didn't bring the Ola. The Ola is a regular gift. If it's just a regular donation to Hashem, it's not a part of the obligation. So. This price that is saying that you do the woman who was who made herself a nazir and her husband was made for was made for the nazir that she doesn't bring the Ola off is going like Rabbi Yishmael okay very good so we clarify that point but now the Gemara still says but why what's the deal with the khatasof sof what is it Rabbi Yishmael whoever is talking to the price hold he goes over baal maker hacker. if it retroactively removes that she never was a nazir. In other words, the Gemara is trying to bring up the possibility now that when the husband revokes her naziras, she never was in Nazir. So it turns out that the whole consecration, even at the time she consecrated it, she was not in Nazira. It was like a total mistake. Then Khatas of she shouldn't bring the bird chatas because she never was in a guys, <laughs> And if the husband only stops the neder for the moment of the hafar and on, meaning it doesn't remove it retroactively, it's just from that moment and on. So it turns out that the moment that she consecrated it, she really was an Azirah who became Tameh. so therefore you should bring all of them. So the Gemara says, Allah's lies, she should bring even the Allah's And the truth is, the Gemara is going to get into this, there's going to be a question coming up. Uh, in Falaf, if the husbands, when he revokes an Eder, is it or only or only for the future? And uh, you know, we know when a or something, that's L'mafreir. But when a husband revokes an adder, is that is that retroactive or only for the future? But the Gemara is saying here we can't understand the difference between the bird chatas and the ola bird. What's what's, what's the difference? When the ola bird, we're saying she doesn't bring it. It sounds like we're saying the Baal is only is is is, is only um. Is only is ma'akar akar would sound like it sounds like he's retroactively removing it. But if that's what's going on, so then you shouldn't be bringing the chadash either. And if you say that he only is stopping it for the future, so then why is he not bringing the Ola olaf? So the Gemara explains all the time about Makeaka. Really, it cancels the whole thing, and, uh, and retroactively there was never really any niziris. In other words, once the baal is made for it, so then what happens is there really was no niziris that he removed. However, what's the shot that you're bringing a chadash the shot is holds rablasrak holds that by definition becoming an Azir makes you a sinner so you still bring the khatzaso he basically holds that the concept of ozir accepting willingly that you're not going to drink wine or things is considered sinful because Hashem said gave you the gifts you know drink wine it's a good thing so what do you you know being a whole ascetic here that you're not going to you're not going to enjoy from the gifts of the world so therefore it's like a, it's like a um, it's like it's like she was a she, she, she Forget about whether she was a nazirah, but the miserah, she deprived herself of the wine. The Gemara is saying a fascinating thing. Even though the Niziras is removed retroactively, but she's still in the wrong for not drinking the wine. She's in the wrong for not drinking the wine. She should drink wine. Hashem gave us the gift of wine. So, therefore, we say that, 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 that there's something wrong that she did by not drinking the wine. Now, just to clarify a little bit more, there's actually another factor which we're going to learn about, the khatasov. The Chata Zauf, we'll see this later in the Misaqta is that there's something unique about it. Most carbonos you cannot bring it when it's a suffoc because there's an Isra of chulun ba So if you're not if you don't know you're obligated, you cannot bring it. So if we're gonna see it's unique. It's Baal a sufic. It comes when it comes when even if there's a suffix we're gonna see there's something unique about that coming up. So this is also poss- possibly what's part of it. The same way it can be brought even when there's a doubtful scenario, it can be brought even when there was a scenario of Nazira's which was removed retroactively. But evidently, that's not enough alone. In other words, the Gemara is saying you still need this factor also, that even though retroactively she was never a Nazira, she's, she's a sinner for not drinking wine. So there's a bunch of different variables that are coming together here for us to under- help us to understand why she brings the off. Number one is she sinned by depriving herself of wine. Number two is the bird was already designated, right? It was already, if she it didn't designate the bird, you're not going to say, go Bring a carbon for not drinking wine, right? Somebody doesn't drink wine for 30 days, they don't have to bring a carbon. If you're a Nazar who didn't drink it, you do. But 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 here the Nazar re- the was removed retroactively. Okay, we stay. Well, I say you're you're a sinner forever drink, not drinking wine. So tack it on. And number three is by a chatas bird, there's something is exceedingly lean, which we don't find by other cabanos, that is Baal sulfic. So putting it all together, that's really the reason, the combination of variables. Why she brings the khatas off the old she doesn't bring because the husband removes the niziris, And as we said, the olah tz'ov is not a gift. Rabbi Shemal holds as part of the kapara process. It's not just a regular gift, part of the kapara. Therefore, the olah tz'ov will not be brought. She wasn't in his ear retroactive. Chata Sof is still broad because a she was a sinner. B the purpose was already consecrated, and c chata Sof, by nature is Baal even on the suffering, so it's more lenient in its bringing. Now we get into this. Rabbi Lazar that every Nazar is really a sinner. The time of Lazar Kfar for every omer matam What's the meaning of the pasuk? Here is talking about when a Nazir Tommy brings karpas. The pasuk says the atones for Chata nefesh from having sin regarding the soul. So what what's the sin? What soul did he sin? Meaning to say. In the pasuk shot in the pasuk is that it's talking about the sin of becoming tameh, right? The, the, the nazir became tameh. He's bringing the karbanos, but he says no. That that can't in the pasuk, and the reason is because a person can become tameh even baonis. Sometimes you, you didn't do anything wrong by becoming tameh. Tuma just happens to you, and nonetheless, the Torah says that you are bring the karbanos. It must be that the sin that the Torah is referencing isn't the sin of tuma, but rather the sin of Naziris itself. Adlo shetir asvaniyan is referring to the fact. That he deprived himself of wine. A person who only deprives himself from wine is a sinner. Someone who is a greater ascetic, he deprives himself from more things. You know, he says, I'm not going to enjoy the pleasures of life. He's considered a sinner. The Gemara still challenges. Right? The context. The context is wrong. The Palsik is written by a Nazar becomes Tameh. But the sin that we're saying for, for refraining from wine, that's said even for a Nazar Tar. So what's the pshat that the Torah wrote it by a Nazar Tameh? It says, The truth is, you're right. He also knows tar who is also a sinner. Why did the Torah write this gem of an insight to us by Nazar Tameh if the truth is, conceptually, it applies to a Nazar Tar as well? The answer is whole Vishonabachet because the Nazar Tameh, rather, as a double sin. What, what's, what's the idea of the double sin? Again, it's not the Tumma. The tumma, can come, the tumma can come even bonus. A person can not realize there's a dead body and suddenly you know, he didn't do anything wrong, but he's tummy. But the idea is that the period of the desires, the length of time, the duration that he's not going to have wine is double. Meaning a regular Nazi, okay, 30 days he doesn't drink wine. But if you become tummy, what happens? Then you have to go back to day one. And you still, you all the days you didn't drink wine that you were trying to get through, and then it gets doubled up because then when you become Tami, it gets forfeited, you have a longer amount of time that you don't drink wine. So therefore, by the Nazar Tami particularly, the Torah pointed out that he's a chayote, he's a sinner, uniquely because it's, 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 it's more highlighted in, the, in that scenario that he's not drinking the wine. Okay, very good. Now we're going to go back to the Mishnah. Mission Mishnah, as you remember, we're speaking about a Nazir who accepted Naziris in a cemetery. So we said, interestingly enough, that... He Came out even though the Naziris is hal, but there's no tumma, there's no tumma, uh, there's no carbon that's brought for the fact that he was dummy. The idea of bringing a carbon is because it was a Kiddush is Rosha, you know, he's got the, the sanctity and his hair growing, and he messed it up by becoming dummy. That doesn't apply if he was Makabal and in the cemetery because it never got off the ground, right? it never got off the ground in the sense that he was never observing the days as, um towards the term of his nazir. See, he was a nazir, but the days, weren't, the, the days weren't being counted towards his term of nazir. So when does he become a nazir? So the language of the Mishnah is pretty vague. The Mishnah says, Yatza, if he leaves the cemetery, then nichnaz, and then he re-enters, so then then the So um, then the, the time is, is considered part of the count. So the pasher shot is, the time in between leaving the cemetery and coming back is already part of the count. It sounds like basically immediately when he leaves the cemetery, now it, the days start counting. Says the As soon as he leaves the cemetery his years, takes effect. What's bothering the Gemara is that when someone is tame, when you leave the cemetery, you're still tame, right? You have to go through the purification process, seven days, mikvah, v'chuleh. So how could the Mishnah say that as soon as he leaves the cemetery, then at that point, the, t- the clock starts, starts ticking and the, and the days are counting. How could that be? Right, he's still tame. So, he's a shot of a The Mishnah means the case where he left, he sprinkled on the third and seventh day, and then he was tommy on the seventh day. So meaning... It's only after that point. You're right. It's not the exit of the cemetery itself when the count begins. It's only after the tar. But still, the language of the Mishnah implies it's only when he re-enters the cemetery that it starts counting. If he doesn't reenter, it's not counted. Meaning the language of the Mishnah made it sound like when he leaves and re-enters, then it counts. It sounds like it's saying only once he re-enters the cemetery does it count. That's not true. As soon as he becomes tar, it starts counting. It's not when he re-enters. That's, that's not a factor in the count. So the more says the opposite. It's unnecessary if he left the cemetery there and became tar and he didn't return. Okay, very good. Obviously, those days are counting. Then if he became tar and he didn't go back into the cemetery, everything's good. The days are counting. Even if he re-entered the cemetery after he was pure olam and aminyon, it's considered to be part, uh, part, part of the count. What are we trying to say? What, 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 what's the point that the Mishnah is making? So remember, we're going we're, we're gonna to bring him up now again to analyze him. But we had Rabbi Eliezer in the Mishnah who holds that you don't bring any carbon for Tumma if Tumma occurs on the first day of the count. So let's say, according to Rabbi Eliezer, a person left the cemetery, went through the week of purification. Then on the, now finally his count is starting. And he's tarred, right? He's starting. But on that day itself, he goes back into the cemetery. Rabbi Eliezer holds he doesn't bring a carbon. The carbon is only brought according to Rabbi Eliezer if there was at least two days that he's forfeiting and canceling. Zok the town of Arm Mishnah. No, it's not like that. We hold as soon as he becomes tar, then already the count is starting, and therefore if he goes back into the cemetery, there's a, there's going to be a cancellation of his count, and therefore the carbon will be brought. That's the point that we're trying to say that the carbon tumah is required even if he. Immediately re enters the cemetery once the, once the Tahara had been achieved, even though there wasn't much of a passage of time. It's only canceling a little bit, a few hours or something like that. The Tana the Kama still holds that, that's the for, that that cancels the time and you bring a carbon tumma. This is all meant to set up that Rabbi Lazar disagrees. Rabbi Lazar holds that cancellation of tumma is only when you're a couple days in. Says the Kamara. This is all from Mili. So, how come you didn't explain like Shmuel said? Meaning to say they were like so impressed, you know, by Shmuel's clarity and the explanation of the Mishra. so they asked Shmuel's colleague, Rav, and say, how come you didn't give us that? So, he said, so, maybe you didn't need the explanation, you know? I believe in you guys. I thought you guys could figure it out yourselves. You know, it's not like Shmuel had it and I didn't have it. I just thought you figured it out yourself. I didn't have to explain it to you. Okay, sharp exchange right there. Fine. So now we get to Rebbe Lezer. Again, the guy was in the cemetery, he leaves the cemetery, he becomes tar. after that week, the Hamam say, very good, the count, the count begins. If he even goes back into the cemetery, even immediately, it cancels the count, and therefore he has to bring a carbon to there 's no minimum amount of time that has to pass before. The carbon tuma could be triggered if he becomes dummy. Rabbi Lazar said, "No, Loba bayom. Not if he goes back on the same day." The pasuk says the first days should be canceled. There has to be at least two days. So you know, it has to be the second day when we say, "Okay, there's more than one day which is being canceled." That's where we say the tuma cancels and you have to bring the carbon tuma. But if it's the very day when he became tamei, so therefore it's not going to be a cancellation of plural days. Then there's no carbon tuma. So now the Gemara wants to know is this, this Rabbi Lazar din? is that a general halacha? Or is it unique to our case of the Nazar who accepted in the cemetery? Amar Ula, Lo Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Lazar didn't say that you need at least two days of purity to be in order to necessitate the carbon tomma. He only said it in the case of a Tami person who made made Nazirs, meaning like our case, where a guy was making Nazirs in the cemetery. The count and not begin right away, it only begins when he regains purity outside eventually after a week. There Rabbi Eliezer says that the, a, a future tuma will only cancel and a carbon if two days pass. ben its if it's a regular scenario, of an nazer who was taru became Tama Efilu Yom even if it's the first day of years. so So it's not a general concept by Nazir's. That you only bring a carbon tumma if there's a passage of two days. It's unique in our case, where he was macabre in Nazirus with and the count only began not right away, but after he purified himself. There we say that there has to be at least a second day of purity before a future tuma would indeed cancel and warrant another carbon. Top of the Ahmed Bezam, a my time at Rebbe or where does <laughs> get the reason are others now that Ullah said that Yom Rushonim Yipplu is not, it's not by all Nazirs. Not that you always need to be on day two. It's unique in the case for someone a tummy person was makab on So where do we get that from? Amar Kraki, tummy nizra. The language of the pasuk is verse, niziris has become contaminated. Mishum nazar. It's mashma unique because he was in a state of Toba when he was Macabre meaning the language of the pasuk is yiplu. He's losing the first days, and it says because the niziris is. Been contaminated. So, what we're saying is, the Nazir has been contaminated doesn't just mean that he now became Tameh. We're actually making like a little bit of a play on the words and saying it was a Nazir that was accepted in Tumlah. There, there's a halakha that whenever he gains purity and now becomes Tameh in the future, by Yom and it has to be at least the second day that he was pure before, to be Machiav of another karma. But a regular Tar Nazir who then became Tameh, just he started right away and becomes Tameh, even if it wasn't the second day, then he would. Um, then he would, in fact, have to bring the Karbat there would be a cancellation. So again, Ula is limiting where Rebbe Lezer's din applies. So the Qumar says, Iswe Abai "Asked an Ula for the price, someone says, I'm an Uzer for a hundred days, he becomes Tameh in the beginning of the hundred-day term, meaning even on day one. So, regular case, a guy's Tahr, he's saying, I'm an Uzer for a hundred days, and he becomes Tameh right away on day one. so you might think that it forfeits that day, it cancels it, and therefore he needs to do 100 days. The Torah says the first days in the plural should be forfeited. Actually, Yamim Rishonim, that has to be at least two days, plural. This guy became Tama in the first day of his term. He does not have two plural days, he only has one day. So, once he regains purity, he would only have to do 99 days of Nazir. It's a very interesting idea. In other words, the Tuma occurs on day one. The day is not cancelled because it's day one. It has to be Yamim Rishonim in the plural. Therefore, that day still exists. When he becomes tar seven days later, he only has to do another 90 not. may may you came became Tameh at the end of the 100 days, meaning on day 100, on the last day of the term. So you might think he forfeits the entire period of 100 days. He has to recount 100. The Torah says the first days should be forfeited. It's much that there's the last days in the plural, meaning the Torah is saying the first of the days are can- were cancelled, meaning to say he had first days behind him and future days yet to come. And there we say the that you lose all your first days. This guy doesn't have any future days. So lo acronym? The implication is that if someone who became talmud on the last day of the term, who doesn't have future plural days upcoming. So for him, um, so for him we say that that he doesn't cancel all of it. He doesn't cancel all of it. Now what, what 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 happens? So in other words, what happens is actually we learn that this is Rabbi Lezer Shita before that he only has to do thirty days. Very interesting halacha. Someone became tameh on the last day of his of his naziros. Never has to uh, recount more than thirty days. So what if he became tameh on day ninety nine, one hundred minus one? I may think he doesn't it. I'm like, oh, my, my shouldn't be a blue? The First days are forfeited, which implies that there are future days. He has future days and, and past days, right? He's on 99, so he's got part of 99 and 100 behind, ahead of him. He's got many days behind him, so they're the halakha. He forfeits all the days. So let's make a summary of all the dinim that the brides have said. This brides has said, obviously, it's going like Rabbi Lazar's opinion. It says a few points here. Some of them are for 100 days. If you come to me on day one, he doesn't forfeit day one. There's no, because it's only when there's uh, plural. Days that it's canceled here, where it's day one, it's not canceled. Which means he regains the purity, he counts only 99 more days. That's point one. Point two is that Tuma on the last day, you only have to do another 30 days. You don't have to restart from the beginning. And unique halacha, you want me to show that there are a future days as well in front of him. Someone who's on his last day doesn't have future days. Therefore, the is he doesn't forfeit all the days behind him. Whereas if he became Tomei on anywhere between day one... Day two and through day 99, and that's where he goes back to day four, forfeits everything. So now, Man-Nazir, the Gemara now gets our challenge from the here. Clearly, we're not talking about a person who was Tameh when he was Makabal in his years. How do we know? It says he vowed to be Tameh for 100 days and he became Tameh at the beginning. Meaning, clearly, he's becoming Tameh, meaning he was initially Tar when he was Makabal in his years. He's becoming Tameh on day one. So, obviously, we're talking about a regular Nazir Tahar. Who became tamei? And what is the price is still saying? What's the din? That if he became tamei on day one, he doesn't forfeit. He doesn't bring the carbon toma, because there wasn't a plural of two days which have passed. So clearly, we're going like Rabbi that you need a plural of two days for the cancellation, the carboning of the Tomah, And we see not like Ula, we see that Rabbi concept applies even if. It is um, a regular Nazar Taru who became Tameh. The Gemara says, Tiyofta, you're right. We reject Ula. We see Rebbe Lezer's halacha is broader. Even a Nazar Tar who becomes Tameh has the halacha that if it's on day one, there's no, there's no cancellation. It's only on day two and on that we say the din of Yamim, Arishonim Yopla. Okay. And again, the Tana Kama disagrees with the whole concept. Tanakama holds that even a Tumah on day one is, can, cancels and you bring the Karma Says the Gemara. Now we want to understand Rabbi Lazar a little bit better. On mm-hmm. these days that we're talking about, you need plural days before a Tuma will cancel and warrant a carbon. The the chad isn't enough that one day passed and a second day started. Meaning to say, is as soon as it is on day two, even though it's only partial of day two. Tuma that happens on day two cancels. the chad Do we need two days to pass and a third day has started? So shall we ask so let's, let's understand the question a little bit better. The Apostle says, Yahweh showed that the two days pass. So what does it mean the two days pass? So you could say that even partial days, because if you think about it, every day one is partial. Because on some point during the day, your macabre is yours. You weren't another in the beginning of the day, your nuzzle only whenever your macabre is yours. Whatever it is, 820, 620, uh 920, whenever that point in time on the clock that your macabre is yours. But day one itself is a partial day. So day two, now we're wondering. What if both of the days one and two are partial? Is that, is that a fulfillment of a cancellation of days? Or do we need at least one of the days to be complete? Which would mean that it would only be partial of day one, complete day two, and then the toma on day three would cancel. The practical difference is, is the toma on day two going to cancel and require the carbon or not? That's what the Gemara has a topic about. So Abayat doesn't know, where Papa asks, it says in the language of the Pasuk yiplu. What does he mean? It says yiplu. Yiplu means they will fall. So the point is that even, it doesn't have to say, the, it could have just said vahayamim yiplu, the days will fall. It didn't have to say harishonim, the first days. We don't, we don't, we don't really know that. We would have understood that yiplu itself means, in contextually, that uh, the days will fall. It doesn't have to say the first days. So therefore we say something is extra here, and if something's extra, then we say yiplu refers even to partial days. Very interesting. Interesting, Joshua, because all the word yiplu doesn't say anything about being partial. But that's really the point that we should to explain. There's really an extra word. You don't have to say harishon, the first. Because it says, So the word yiplu now can be expounded. Let's say even partial days, we're able to say, are, are enough for the cancellation. So we're coming out that even a tuma on day two, it will cancel, forfeit, and then it will bring this garvah. So now we see yiplu is really Joshua. So what do we do? Now that we comment this, now that we want to know what's with Yipplu and Yamam. So the Gemara speaks out why you needed both words. Had the Torah just said days and not Yipplu, that's what we just said. <speaking in Hebrew> you may have said you need two days to pass, it has to be the third day. Because maybe you need complete days. Had the Torah said that's word Yipplu, that even partial days are enough. So if it's on the second day, it will forfeit the previous days, for the previous partial two days, and I'll have to bring a Karma. Had it said Yipplu and not said Yamam, I would say even one. And want say an interesting thing. If I would have said the word yam, if it would have just said that they fall, I would have said maybe even Tum on the first day is canceled and Yiplu in the plural that it gets canceled. I would say means Niziris in general. Maybe the plural term Yiplu means all and they become Toma get canceled, even if it's the Tum of day one. So that's why I caused it a Yam. That's why I had to write the word days to show that you have to be onto at least the second day. So, in conclusion, Rabbi Shita, it has to be uh, uh, at least the second day of the term. It could be a partial second day. You don't. We're not talking about day three. We're talking about day two. But it has to be at least on day two before it's canceled, and you would have to uh, before the halakh of cancellation and bringing a carbon would apply. And again, the Rabbanon vehemently disagree. They say, "What are you talking about? Even if someone becomes tummy just on day one of their term, it's all can- that day one is canceled, and you have to bring a carbon." All right, so we go by to here. Just to understand a little bit. a person when he, and, and, and who lives outside of Israel is really doing the wrong thing. Where, where the, rabbis want, the rabbis want everybody to live in Israel, and therefore they, they, they made many takanas um, about giving a little bit of tumah, the chutzlards, you know and, and there are different halachas about it. Other reasons why they did this. you know imagine people are bringing in um, fruits and vegetables from outside of israel and their soils, so the rabbis had all sorts of interesting. Things that like the soil of outside of Israel is telling but that's all Madrabana. I'm so imagine here, Mishra Nazir Harvey, someone who has a long term of years outside of Israel. Is near, so he, fin- he finished the whole term. Now, but when you, what do you do after you're in Nazir? You bring Karbonis, right? So you have to go to Israel. But the second you go to Israel, it's like, wait a second, I'm really telling because I was outside of Israel. So even though I didn't touch a dead body. But there's really like a a a a, a Tuma over here. It's kinda like someone who was observing, you know, Naziris while he was in a cemetery. Like really, maybe none of the days really count. Because he were Talmud. Now again, all of this is is is, is, is totally Madrabana. It's like a, it's like a, a penalty for observing the Naziris in a state in a state of Tuma. So now that he's coming to Israel and he wants to bring the Karbanos, the question is what penalties we, we impose. So Basham does our social media, he just does Naziris for thirty days, meaning we, we add on Next requirement, don't make him do the whole thing again, you know, because again, it's all the Rabbanon type of penalty. So 30 days of keeping Naziris in Israel suffice. No, the penalty is much stronger. He has to be start over and begin the entire niziris again. Really interesting halacha. And again, here the Rabbanon are really overriding the halacha. al they're, Valtayseh, they're, they're saying he has to delay the ceremony, even though he can do it right now, it right now. go bring the Rabbanos. Rabbanon are saying, no, 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 Besheh so Valtayseh, we approve what the Torah said, and we make you redo the entire thing. So, the, the, the Mishnah says, Ma'isah once happened with Eleni With Queen Queen Shavach ben Muhammad, her son went out to war. Queen, Queen Eleni here was a, uh, this is towards the end of the second base of She was kind of Jewish. So her son goes out to war. She said, My son returns in peace from war. I'll be Nazir for seven years. So her son returned from war. So she was in Nazir for seven years. But after seven years, she goes, she went, goes aliyah, she goes to Israel. So, ruled that she has to be for another seven years. That's consistent with his opinion that anything, any Azir that so he counts outside Israel does not count. What happened was, so she had to do another seven years. At the end of seven years, she became Talmud, meaning she wasn't able to complete the term, so she forfeited the whole thing. So she had to do another seven years, right? Go back to the beginning. So it comes out that she was trying to do years for 21 years. Seven outside Israel. Six. She comes into Israel. She has the penalty to do another seven. She becomes stomach at the end of the seven, goes back to day one. She has another seven years. So this poor woman, for 21 years, is trying to be in Nazir. Actually, she was only in Nazir for, uh, for 14 years. The will explain what exactly he's coming to disagree on. So okay, let's just do, do a little bit of the Gemara here. We have pshat machlokas bishamayisol. Someone who, who, who observes niziris outside of Israel, where midrabbana and they are talmi. When they come to Israel, what is the penalty we impose upon them? Bishamayi says they have to do niziris for thirty days. Basil says they have to repeat the entire term that they did. So what's the pshat? The beginning, of the Mishnah said bishamayi says you have to do another niziris for thirty days when you get to Israel. Basil said you have to start from the beginning. What's the pshat in the machlokas? Malcolm Must be they're arguing about how severe of a Tumah is there in Chutzar. They were only goes there on the ground, but not the airspace. So basically, it's like toma of Maga. It's like toma of touching. So, as long as you were in, let's say, a closed box, let's say somebody was in a, um, some sort of helicopter, you know, a closed box, and even if, they were, uh, even if the, the general confines of where they were was in, outside of Eretz Yisrael, but as long as they're not directly over the airspace of the there's something interposing between them and the ground, they are fine. The ground is the tumma and the tumma from the ground would rise. But as long as they're, let's say, in a box, they're fine. It's only about the ground. It's not about... It's not about the, the confines of being a Chutzel aris itself. So it's more lenient, the whole Tumah of Chutzel according to the Therefore the Rebbe says, they didn't impose upon you in to repeat the whole Naziris. It's a fine that you just repeat 30 days. However... No, the rabbis were more ma'chari. They decreed toma upon the whole area, the whole airspace. So therefore even if there's something interposing between you and the ground, you're still Tumah. It's more of a stricter form of toma. Therefore since it's a stricter form of Tumah, the rabbis were stricter in the penalty. And they said when you get to Eretz Yisrael, you have to repeat the entire Thing. It says the Gemara, loath, it's not necessarily true that that's what the dispute is." that the only on the ground, not in the air. However, the question just is, Tom, how, how strict the rabbis were in the penalty?" We penalized the person to do a regular term of years for thirty days, even though they accepted a longer term of years, They don't have to repeat the entire term; a kinas of thirty days suffices. We penalize according to the, the, the duration from the time of the beginning of the nazir. So You have to repeat the whole thing. So it's not about how far they went. It's not a, the, the origin of the Machlokas is not about the severity of the din of Tumabar. Amim. there's a disagreement here about how far the kinas went. Bishami says 30 days, B'sil says the entire term of the Naziris.